0: This, of course, applies to every person in the house and every person that hears the message online. But specifically, the Lord told me to speak to you, Miss Brooke. I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures here. Out of Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show thee. I will make thee a great nation. It's one promise. I will bless thee. That's another promise. I will make thee a great name. That's a third promise. We've talked about that. If your name is great in the spirit, your name will be great here upon the earth. Uh, and thou shall be a blessing. In order to be a blessing, you have to have a great provision from God. And I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse him that curses you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. We jump over to chapter 13, and we see in verse 1, it says, And Abraham went out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. Jump over to chapter 15, verse 1. And these are all covenant promises. He's, God's getting ready to make the covenant. In 15.1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. So I can say that to you this morning, Miss Brooke. Fear not, Brooke, and the rest of the congregation. But the Lord specifically told me to talk to Brooke this morning. Fear not, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. That word reward actually talks about financial payment. That's actually talking about a paycheck. That's actually talking about wages. You know, there's all these people that are coming against the church and claim it and blah, you know, blab it and grab it and claim it and get it and all these different things. Uh, but no, no, no. Uh, the Lord wants, you know, oh, you know, uh, you got to be humble and poor to be a servant of God. Well, no, that's not that doesn't agree with the scriptures. That does not agree with the scriptures. In fact, it's very clear that the covenant is about prosperity. Part of part of the covenant is prosperity. Uh, he's talking to Abram here. Let's jump over to uh, chapter twenty. 6 I believe it is chapter 26 verse 24 and here the Lord said he's talking to Isaac and he said the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said I am the God of Abraham thy father fear not for I am with thee and will bless, bless thee bless means that means that you've been given a power, you've been endued with power from heaven to obtain, to get, to gain. That's what it means to be blessed. He said, I will bless thee and I will multiply thy seed uh, for my servant Abraham's sake. Your seed that you sow is your financial seed beyond your tithe. The seed that you sow is your time, your gifts, your abilities. There's no doubt about it, Brooke is a sower. Many, uh, most of you in here are, in fact, I'll just say it, all of you are sowers. But the Lord told me specifically to talk to you this morning. Now I want you to turn over uh, to uh, chapter 28, verse 15. This is where he speaks to Jacob. We know this chapter is Jacob's ladder. But in verse 15 it says, Behold, and behold, this is the Lord speaking in a vision or in a dream. He said, I am with thee. And will keep thee in all places wherever thou goest. I'm not giving you permission to leave. And will bring thee again onto this land. And I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. And Jacob vowed a vow in verse 20. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way, that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, uh, which I set as a pillar, shall be uh, God's house, and all And of all that thou shalt give unto me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. Part of the promise is being a tither. Miss Brooke is a tither. Go to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Well, these are Old Testament. Old Testament doesn't matter. Oh, no, no. You can't get the New Testament without the Old Testament. The New Testament was preached out of the Old Testament. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4 or chapter 5 that... uh, He did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. To fulfill it, so nothing of the Old Testament. And then he goes on and he says, in fact, not a single word of, uh, not a single piece of what God has spoken will pass away until this age, until all things be fulfilled, and this uh, and this age is uh, come to an end. Well, we're not at the end. We're at the end of the age, but we're not at the end. End. Uh, Malachi chapter three verse seven says this. Um, he says, "Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them." That's not true of Miss Brooke. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. She's done that, saith the Lord. But you say, uh, "Wherein shall we re- uh, shall we return?" And uh, will man will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But ye say therein, where have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings are two separate things. Uh, Miss Brooks, faithful in both areas. This is, uh, therefore this part doesn't apply to her. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me. Well, she's not cursed with a curse. Uh, he's, she, the Lord goes on and says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse. That there may be meat in my house and prove me now therein, uh, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that you shall not be able to re- have enough room to receive it. This is the direction from the Lord, Miss Brooke. The Lord said, begin to declare my promises and you will see my blessings overflow. So you need to begin to declare those promises. Begin to speak them. He's well-pleased with your faithfulness. He's well-pleased with your effort. He sees your work. He desires to bless you. But you've got to get your mouth into operation so that he can. So just begin to declare, I am blessed to be a blessing. God has opened the windows of heaven to me, and I have so much I cannot contain it all. That's a dangerous confession. We have experienced that in our life. Thank God lo- the Lord has helped us with the overflow.
1: Well, I'm glad you clarified that she should—that you weren't giving her uh, permission uh, to leave t- or, or, permis- or, or, or telling her to leave because the first thing you said is, Now the Lord but said tonight, unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house, which she's living in her father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. <clears throat> I was like, Seriously? <sighs>
0: Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've got to understand who her father is and what she's done. It was not that long ago that Miss Brooke was living in the world. And now she's living in the house of her father who's a servant of God. Abram's father was a priest in the, in the, pagan, in the pagan religion. That's why he had to leave that house. Uh, that's not Brooke's situation. No, not no, at all. Begin to begin to declare and decree. And how much you know? We all need to declare, declare and decree the things of God. We all need to declare. I'm a blessing to be a blessing. I am. A, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm going over. I'm not going under. I'm the. I'm above and not beneath. I'm an overcomer. The greater one lives in me. I'm the head. I mean, I just. <laughs> Lord God, prospers me everywhere I go. Everything I lay my hand to prospers. Father, I thank you that if anybody comes up against me, you vindicate me. I mean, we can just begin to declare some things. We can declare that I am supplied by, I, I am supplied according to God's riches and glory. According to the riches and glory in heaven, I am I supplied? I am not, yes, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Thanks I am God. crucified with Christ. I'm, I am a new creation. I am a new creature. I have a new flow of life. We Amen. need to begin to declare these things and say these things. I walk, listen, you might have a cough, a sneezing, an ache, a sore toe, something, and, but you need to declare, by his stripes I am healed. No sickness has any right to touch me in Jesus' name. You know, whatever your situation is, whatever you're dealing with, you just begin to speak to that thing and say, oh, no, Satan, uh-uh, we ain't doing this today. No, we ain't doing this. And when he comes and tries to put pressure and fear and worry and anxiety on you, all you got to say is, uh-uh, nope, I'm an overcomer. The Lord told me not to carry the care, Father. I put that over on you. I'm not carrying the care of that thing. No, I'm not doing that. Does that mean that you just float along on life, uh, not, uh, not paying attention to anything? No, you pay attention to it, but you don't carry the care of it. Amen. And, well, how do you not carry the care of it? You get your mouth moving. You get your mouth moving. Most Christians are taken down because of the words of their mouth. Turn to... Um, we're we're going to...
1: Well, Continue we're in Malachi. The lines. We're in Malachi. There's a couple more verses that go along with what you're saying.
0: Okay.
1: And so he says that there shall be room enough to receive. So he's going to pour you out a blessing that there'll be room enough for you to receive it. And then in 11 it says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. That I means he's going to rebuke the devil for your sakes. And he won't will not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall he shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of the field now, saith the lord of hosts
0: Let's clarify this cuz it says I will rebuke the deli- the devourer for this your sake This is Old
1: Testament This
0: is Old Testament in the Old Testament they needed God to do the rebuking in the New Testament God has given us his authority we do the rebuking and heaven back but, but here's the deal heaven still backs us up when we say, listen, when, you're, when your uh, refrigerator starts to thump a little weird in the middle of the night, don't say out of your mouth, well, I guess that old refrigerator's had enough. I guess I'm getting me a new one. Because guess what? You'll surely be going to buy you a new one in the morning. No, don't say that. You say, ah, Satan, I have tithers right. I am the blessed of God. God causes my stuff to last longer and Amen. go further. Now you stop knocking and get to working in Jesus' name. Amen. And then when you do that, then all of heaven comes down, and the angels show up with their repair kit, and they start beating and banging around on the inside of that thing, and it starts working like it's supposed to. But you've got to get your mouth working. Do angels have repair kits? Apparently, they do. (laughs) Apparently, they do. Okay. Apparently, they do. Uh, Go to uh, Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. Last week, we talked about how to create your tomorrow. Today, we're going to talk about your words create. Your words create. We were created in God's image God created. How did how did this world got get here? The Lord spoke. How did we get here? The Lord spoke. That's how we got here. How? Uh, uh, Proverbs eighteen. Eighteen. Uh, how how did we get here? Well, the Lord spoke. Go to Genesis chapter 1. You'll see over and over and over again. God said, God called. God said, God called. God said, God called. How much do you know? We still call the sun, the sun, the moon, the moon, the day, day, night, night. It hadn't changed. It hadn't changed. We still call it the same thing. Uh, go to Proverbs 18. Helps if I get there. I'm in Ezekiel. Right. Proverbs 18. Well, I'm,
1: I'm there. Amen.
0: Amen. Okay. Yeah, let us know when you're there. I'll get there. Glory to God. Come on. Proverbs
1: 18:21. All right. 18:21. Imagine that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It means be careful what you say. Now, because uh, if you say if you say negative and death and destruction and and lack, that's what you're going to have. But if you say Good things, and if you say the things that God promises, you're going to have that.
0: So we were in the hotel this week. You know, the devil doesn't like it when uh, when uh, God's moving and God's shaking some things. He doesn't like it. So we were at the hotel this week, and we've been at this hotel for a couple of years now, and we've never had any major problems of any type. Well, we're at the hotel, and all of a sudden, there ain't no water. Or there's just well, enough could, water to do a sprinkling.
1: You could start out when we first got there. The air conditioning wasn't working in the room that we were going to be using. And it's a tiny room.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm yeah, not it was, even sure it's as big as this room.
0: Yeah, we had to keep pushing that thing down to like 65 and 66. And it, it did
1: nothing because it wasn't blowing at all. They, they, they worked on it all day long the first day we were there. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. Oh, you're talking about in the main room. Yeah, the yeah main in room. the conference room. Yeah, in the conference room, you know, I was thinking in our bed in our in our room room. Our room, we had to keep that thing down at like sixty six. But no, in the conference room, um, they they were working on it and the guy came down and he walks in the room and he goes, Huh. He said, Man, I got that thing set at sixty five. He said, It's blowing everywhere else, but it ain't surely doing nothing in here. All right, back to the roof we go. So he got back to the roof, and it had been set on sixty-five all week, and I don't think it ever got well much below seventy in there at all, did it? It did. That, it did. Did it finally get? It didn't yep. get down to no sixty-five the, the, the,
1: ne- the next day.
0: It didn't get down to no sixty-five. We were sweating all week. Uh, but but then the whole, then, But then, um, you know, the next morning I got up and I went to get my shower. Get get my shower, and the water went shh. And I switched from a shower to a bath, and I got myself taken care of, got Michael out of the bed. And uh, he was heading to the shower, and I said, mm, we might want to go breakfast first. He said, why is that? I said, uh, water pressure seems to be a little low. He said, oh, okay, well, we got on the elevator. And some some people that were at the meeting with us, we get on the elevator, and uh, I said, well, good morning. How you all doing this morning? And one of the gentlemen said, what's good about it? I said, well, we're breathing. Jesus is still on the throne. The sun is shining. Praise the Lord. We got an elevator to take us down. We got some things. And I said, well, well, how, well what's, what's got you kind of in the pickle, you know? And he said, ain't got no water, couldn't take no shower. And I said, yeah, we noticed our water was a little light too. Well, from there, it just went downhill. At one point, there was no water. At one point, there was no water in the toilet or the tub, but there was nothing but scold you, burn you hot in the the sink. Uh, So we was just fluctuating. What happened was apparently this hotel is huge. It's got nine floors, and it's got, I don't know, 70, 80 rooms to a floor. It's a big hotel. Um, And apparently it's got three pumps that pump the water, but one of the pumps went out. And uh, they had, I mean, we had, they had buses and buses. I mean, it was one of the fullest times I've ever seen it. And I was like, ooh, this is not fun. The hotel
1: was full, and... and And from floor four through nine, didn't have any water.
0: Yeah, we were, we was, uh, it was a struggle. So then we got, so got the air conditioning fixed. Took them about a day to get, uh, the the water was kind of, they were shifting it to different floors so you had water at different times. And they finally got it to where we finally had water the next day. And then um, one of the, right in the middle of the preaching towards the end of the service one night, one of the speakers, popped and crackled and blew the whole front two rows could smell the wires burning i mean just just crazy stuff just a bunch of crazy stuff happening it was good yes. that was my point it That's was exactly. good work another time the fire alarms went off and then it went beep 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 and then they made an announcement Oh, the water's back on well thank you thank you in we the appreciate middle of service it. in the middle of service thank you we appreciate that <laughs> then brother randy was attacked by a fly in his preaching those of you that uh he got the ser- copies of the sermons. You'll hear him say, "Well, was that Bel you know?" And he's getting cuz he's getting attacked by a fly. Uh, but it's a good word. But I said that what I was trying to say is the man said, "Well, what's good about it? What's good about it?" The automatic instinct of this little ha 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 of the top, uh-huh, it automatically will speak life. I mean death. Death. death.
1: Right, right. Death. I, was was say, it. I that, have it well trained. That would trained. be nice.
0: I have it well trained. Your tongue, untrained, will always speak death. That's good. Y'all need to write that down. Kind That's of, a good
1: note. It's kind of human nature. That's a good note.
0: Why? Because Satan is the father. Remember in Genesis, God said, you may have put, um, remember he said, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and thy seed talking about between man, see, see when adam and eve ate of the fruit in the garden there was some part of satan's nature entered the dna of the human race something happened in the dna of the human race and and satan's nature or the nature of death entered in to the human dna and that dna and that, and that nature will affect the flesh can't affect the spirit unless you allow it but it'll affect the flesh and the flesh given an opportunity will always 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 speak death always this is why the scripture says death and life death and life it's got the order of the words in the bible are there for a reason You know, some people get all fussy about, well, so-and-so begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so, and and begot so-and-so, and and why do we need all the begots? Well, genealogy matters because we had to prove that Jesus came from the line of David. But if you go back and you actually look up the meanings of the names of the people, it's very descriptive of Of their character or of the character of God. In fact, if you go through Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1, we did this some years ago. Maybe we'll do it again this Christmas. I don't know. Kind of lean in that way. Um, Some years ago, uh, we went through every single name in the book of Matthews and told you what they meant. And every single one of those names depicted who Christ was.
1: And the story of
0: Jesus. And the story of Christ. It really did, and it's just amazing how God works on the hearts of people to name their children such names. And um, but but so the order of the wording matters. He didn't say life and death are in the power of the tongue because if he did, you could just say, "Well, life's in the power of the tongue." Woo! The tongue—the tongue has life in it. No, what the tongue has—in fact, we're going to look at this in James. The, the James actually says that the tongue actually has hell fire in it. That's what it says. And it says that it has venom and poison in it. Has anybody ever talked down to you in such a manner that you just felt like you had been bitten by a serpent? Like poison just kind of just rushed through you? But how much do you know, they never came in physical contact, but their words did. See, what, why, so that's why God said in the scriptures, he said death. Let's just take out the life part for just a minute. Death is in the power of the tongue. Well, if death is in the power of the tongue, don't you think you might have want to wrangle that thing in just a little bit? Kind of get a control on it? You know, how much do you know? Now, we had some neighbors one time that, what, what is it when you study snakes? Herpetology or
1: whatever?
0: Herpetologist. Herpetologist. We had a herpetologist that was our neighbor. In other words, he studied snakes. And his house was full of them, but they were in cages. Now, uh, uh, I'm not going in that house. No, thank you. His his kid showed up one day with a tomato on his finger. On on his thumb. Walking around like this with a tomato on his thumb. We were like... Kid, what are you doing? You know, like, kids this are this is really
1: odd behavior. Why do you have a tomato oh, on what? your thumb?
0: Oh, well, I got in one of the snake cages that I wasn't supposed to, and it's poisonous, and it bit me, so the tomato sucks out the poison. I thought, okay, that's weird. Whatever. Whatever, you know. But for the most part, so so there are a few rare occasions. But for the most part, most people, if a snake comes rolling up in their house, uh, how, how much do you know you don't just go, wow, that's really cool. Most people are like, mm-mm, nope, it's got to go. Call me somebody. I've done told my husband, if a snake ever moves in, we're moving out. I've done told him. Snake ever moves in. I understand we live in the woods. I understand snakes are part of the deal. But if a snake moves in, we're moving out. Just, just a heads up. But no, I'm not putting up with that. Why? Because snakes represent death. There's a, there's, a, there's a reason why, you know, uh, Satan took on the serpent. Um, but no, life, if, but if we'll get a hold of this tongue, we can change its behavior from speaking death to speaking life. Uh, very easily unchecked, I can speak very harshly and very negatively. I can be very, very harsh about it. In fact, Michael and I were talking about it this week, and we were just talking about, you know, here's the deal. You can, be, you, can, you can be raised to have certain types of characteristics, we'll say characteristics, personality traits. Um, if you knew his dad, you knew his mom, both of them were world champion negative set people.
1: I we were talking about you.
0: We are. <laughs> we are. So Michael was well trained in being negative. And so I was telling him, you know, you've really improved. I mean, you have your moments, but you've really improved. And uh, he said, he, and he looked at me and he said, honey, he said, I'm not the only one that has the ability to be negative. And I said, yeah, I know. He said, in fact, sometimes your negativity can put mine to shame. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, that's why I work very diligently to be positive. Almost to the point that I annoy myself. Why? Because I'm focusing on the positive. I'm training my tongue that it's going to speak life even when my brain thinks negative. How so? Why? why? Because the Bible tells me to, to cast down every imagination and to bring it into the obedience of Christ. So if I have a negative thought then I have to not only push the negative away, but I have to actually speak positive to bring it into obedience. Notice this verse says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, colon, which means what I'm fixing to say is directly connected, and they that love it. In other words, they that love to allow their tongue to talk. They that love to let that tongue just wag and wag and wag and wag, they're going to eat the fruit of it. This is an epidemic, especially a young, especially of, among the younger people, the older people. We learn a few things, not all of them. I have some people that are older than me that you're like, dear Lord, don't let them get you in a corner. You'll never escape
1: because there's sh- nobody here. Not no, it's not anybody, anybody
0: here. here. No. Um, but... Notice it says you're going to eat the fruit of your mouth. If you are always saying, I'm not loved, you're going to continue to always feel unloved. Yep. If you are always saying, I don't remember, guess what? Eventually, you're going to have memory problems.
1: Stop saying that right now.
0: Yep. If you are constantly saying, well, I'm fat and I just can't lose weight, you will never be able to lose weight. I'm dealing with that right now. I had sowed those seeds throughout my life. And I'm like, Lord, I, have, I'm, I kill every single one of those seeds in the name of Jesus. Amen. When you realize that you have said something wrong, immediately, in the name of Jesus, Father, I kill that seed. I thank you that that seed will not produce in my life.
1: And I repent forever saying and I, it. Yeah,
0: and I repent forever saying it. Help me not to say those things again. So I was, having a Lord, I was having a conversation with the Lord back there because we've been working out hard. We've been working, and I've been cutting my calories, and I've been doing all this, and the scale is not going down. In fact, some days the scale goes up, and then it teeters back down a pound, and it's frustrating. And I told the Lord, and, and so we're, we're looking at uh, doing some shakes. Derek's doing some shakes to help get his weight off, and I thought, well, I could cut some meals, and that would be helpful, and that helped me to cut some calories, and I tried them. I thought, oh, those are pretty good. So uh, then for my birthday, these kids were so sweet. I'm going I'm to get you a picture. They wrote me a real sweet poem, and they put all this candy on it to fill in the words. It's really cute. And I looked at them, and I said, y'all, that's amazing. That's cute. But y'all know I'm trying to lose weight, don't you? And they said, "We well, you know, Pastor. I mean, it's got like whatchamacallits and Reese's Pizzies and Milky Ways and Hershey's Kisses and Sweet Tart or something, Smarties and all that stuff. on. And I'm like, oh, Lord. There's my nerd clusters on there. And I said, Lord, what am I? So I was like, well, you know, guys, I'm trying to lose weight here, you know. And they said, well, we know, Pastor, but we just, and that's so sweet. And I love them for it. And um, come in with a cheesecake last night. I said, and By the way, the flowers are beautiful. Thank you so much. And, uh, and uh, I was like, Lord. So my husband says, honey. He said, honey. He said, I know you're trying to lose weight. I got you, honey. I got you. I said, thank you, honey. What you get me? He got me three boxes of these protein, all-natural, no-sugar-added
1: bars. Right. That's what I'm worried about, but but they're, they're, they're chocolate, different flavors of he chocolate. He said, but
0: they're chocolate, honey. <laughs> they do have no sugar added. I thought, okay, Lord, I can do a 200 250-calorie calorie breakfast this morning, and I'll eat one of my bars. It'll be all right. I got it, got in the car, didn't have anything to drink, took a bite of it, and said, Oh, Lord, I'm going to need some water to help me get these things down. <laughs> he said, I, I said, I said they definitely are not sweet. <laughs> he said, but our words matter. Our words matter, right? Our words matter. And I said, Well, honey, they're definitely not sweet, but thank God they're not bitter. Thank God they're not bitter. I said, But, um, uh, They'll be all right. I can get used to them. But I'm definitely going to need some water to wash them down. And he said, oh. I said, would you like to try a nibble? He said, sure, I'll take a nibble. He took a bite. And he handed he
1: he it right back. He said, honey, here's your bar. I said, yeah, that's what I thought. Here's your bar, honey. It wasn't like that. I'll eat them. Of course, I'll eat anything. They did name me Mikey for a reason. There is a truth to that.
0: And uh, I said, whew. And so I was back here in the office and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, honestly, if in order, if I have to, in order to, I mean, I've already been told, we've been talking about praying and fasting. I've been doing some of that. And I said, and this, and still the, the, the numbers aren't moving. Still, the numbers aren't moving. And so I told the Lord, I said, you know what, Lord? I said, I know I spoke a lot of wrong seeds back there throughout the years. And I have killed those seeds in Jesus' name. But I also understand that I'm going to have to deal with the consequences for a season. I said, so, Lord, if I have to just drink these power shakes and eat these bars, I'll learn to love them all if that's what it's going to take. Why? Well, because I put things into motion with my words that now I have to work to undo. Now I have to work to undo. Why? Because I loved the words that I spoke, and now I'm dealing with the fruit thereof. Amen. And so, so your words matter. And what you say today matters for your tomorrow. So if you have a habit of saying, well, I don't know, I don't care, Nobody loves me. I guess I'm just destined to be this way. I'm going to be a hot mess all the days of my life. I can't help but fail. I can't help but make it. I can't help but do wrong. I don't know why. I, can't, I just can't get my flesh under control. You need to change what you're saying. So,
1: see, here's what you've you got to here's what you gotta understand is, is, is we're, uh, that's the nature of flesh. You know, yeah. And we're all born in the flesh. Right, yeah. so we grow up learning the things of the flesh well what what happens when you're cold Wah! Yeah. you complain what happens when you're hungry? Wah! you complain what happens when your diaper needs to be changed Wah! Wah!
0: yeah, lots of you years.
1: complain, and that's the way we that's the way we grow up. We complain when we need something, but that but but when we, as we get older, we learn about the spirit and that we're we're spirit beings, you know but but our mind our mind's what controls what our flesh says, because our flesh is what does the speaking. Right. You know, whether you like it or not, that's what's gonna do the speaking. So if your if your mind is all used to the flesh, that's what it's gonna speak, is fleshly thoughts. Sure. But if you if you start pushing towards God and you push towards the spirit and you push towards the higher things, then you start speaking spirit things. Right. And as you speak those spirit things, they're gonna be better things, they're gonna be better thoughts. You're not going to complain. You're going to go, Lord, thank you for that food, that that power bar I've got. At least I've got one.
0: Right. Yeah. Praise the Lord. At thank least you my Jesus. husband
1: was thoughtful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. He thought about me. I'm thankful. No, yeah. listen, I'm thankful. Uh,
1: but as you push, you have to you have to train your mind to speak the things of the Spirit. It's not, you, you spent your entire, entire time growing up learning to speak the things of the flesh. And, buddy, it shows by the time you hit a teenage years and you start rebelling against the parents. Oh, yeah. my. It's like, yeah. it's like an alien possessed, possessed your kid, and hopefully someday they'll let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, hopefully someday but, they'll let it go. But it takes, it, takes, it, takes, um, it takes willpower yeah. to, for, you, for you, you to train your mind to say the things of the Spirit. It ju- doesn't just happen. No. You have to, no. you have to willfully purpose in your heart to do that. Yeah. And if you don't, your flesh is going to run over all over you all the days of your life, and you're going to eat the fruit thereof. Yeah. You're going to yeah. be poor. You're going to be sick. You're going to be tired. You're always going to be busy. You're never going to remember anything. You're never going to have time for anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, ladies, you're going to be hormonally imbalanced. Oh, my hormones are you're, running you're, wild. You're going to
1: have health problems. But you know what? if you just change the things you're saying and repent for the things you've said, that'll change. Yeah, and you will prosper. God says He'll prosper us. God says He'll heal us, but it, we have to change our words for that yeah. to happen. Yeah: um,
0: Go to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Proverbs 10:19, just a couple pages back, Proverbs 10:19. And I said, you know, really the young generation has a problem which is running off at the mouth all the time. You know, you'll even say to a teenager, you'll say, you are being foolish. They'll say right out of their mouth, they'll say, yep, I'm a fool. And I'm like, obviously you have never read Proverbs a day in your life because if you had read Proverbs, you would not say, yes, I'm a fool cuz it's not it's not a good thing to be a fool. It is not cool, it's not keen, it's not like, "Woo, I'm something to be admired when you're the fool." That's not something you want at all. And look at what it says in verse 19 right here. It says in the multitude of words speaking a lot of words, in the multitude of words there is wanteth not sin. Now, that wanteth not is old English, and it's a little hard for us to comprehend, but really what it means is um, that you will not refuse sin. When your tongue is uncontrolled, you will not refuse sin.
1: Exactly. uh,
0: Is what it means. Uh, Another way of saying this is he that talks nonstop walks himself into sin. Somebody that talks non-stop. Why? Because they're not thinking before they talk. They're creating things in their life that they don't even know that they're creating. Yeah, read that for me. Let me read it again. Another way of saying this is he that talks non-stop walks himself into sin. That's the way the Lord helped me to understand it. The Lord said this. I say, Lord, I, I'm kind of a little struggling here. He said, basically, the person that talks non-stop, just, they're just do, 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 talk, 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 talk. They walk themselves right into sin. Because you you're not thinking about what you're saying. You're not processing what you're saying, but you're speaking it. And, you're, and, and, and God, here's the deal. We saw last week in Deuteronomy chapter 30 that heaven and earth is recording this day against you. In other words, they're taking a legal recording of what you say and the things that you say that allow God to move in your life. The angels respond. The angels hear it. They rush to the throne and they say, God, they said. And on their way, you say something that the devil can go, the exact opposite. And now the devil goes, ah, ah, they're mine. They're mine and he brings that thing against you. This is why people can be walking in the blessing and the curse at the same time. Because of the words of their mouth. You have to learn to say things. you and, and the other thing is, is that the reason a lot of people talk nonstop is because they are uncomfortable with themselves. That's why. They're like they're like because what they're actually trying to do is they're trying to deflect if I talk nonstop, then people won't see, they won't see how I see myself. They won't see how, all they'll see is somebody that's fun and somebody that's always joking and somebody that's always carrying on and somebody, they're not going to see the weakness in me. No, what they're going to see is that you're an annoying person who never hushes long enough to think anything through. They're going to see foolishness is what they're going to see.
1: So remember that we're created in the image of God. So our words are creative. Because remember, God God's words created everything. See, the, the words of God created things in his life. Now, he's an order of magnitude at least bigger than us. So it, his words are going to create a lot more than ours are. But our words create things in our life.
0: That. So
1: if we if, if we don't control our our, our lips and the things we say, we're going to have uncontrolled things in our life.
0: And there is a truth that God's authority and God's higher than us, there's a truth to that, but really what makes the difference is God knows that everything he says is going to come to pass where we don't believe what we say, right? and and, and we lie,
1: and, that's the and re- therefore... That's the reason you shouldn't lie, because every time you tell an untruth, that's that's a little bit more that you don't believe the the words that are coming out of your mouth. And if you don't believe the words coming out of your mouth, things aren't going to happen.
0: Right.
1: I mean, that's that God God believes with every fiber of His being that when He said, "Let there be light," that there would be, and there was. When he when he said, "Let the the waters be separated from the land." Will, it the waters happens responded. because he, did, he doesn't lie. He cannot tell a, a lie. He, <laughs> he can't. He will not. He cannot. He will never tell an untruth. And we should be the same way because the more we do that, the more powerful our words become.
0: Tell you how accustomed we are to telling lies. It's how, it tells you how accustomed what we, the human race, is to telling lies and, and to speaking death. Me being a pastor, building friendships and relationships with our church people, standing in the pulpit week after week, day after day, month, week after week, month after month, year after year, having one on one conversations, standing in the pulpit and saying, Don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. I, you know, I'm like God, lying is an abomination. I hate it. I can't stand it. Don't do it. I'll ask somebody a question and they'll sit, look at me and go, Well, do you want me to be honest? Don't please lie to me. Go ahead. I really enjoy it. Go ahead and lie to me. But we're so accustomed to lying that the idea of speaking truth is foreign, and we have to purposely in our uh, we have to purposely go. Wait a minute. What is the truth? I'll talk to him. And I'll go. I'll ask a question, and then I have to preface it with this. Don't tell me the what you know is the right church answer. Give me your actual answer
1: because if you're
0: not telling me the truth about what you think and what you believe i can't help you exactly but we're so accustomed we teach our children i mean before they're even a year old we teach our children that lying is a part of our culture their easter bunny the tooth fairy santa claus You know, you have to tell little white lies. Oh, Don't say that you'll hurt people's feelings. Don't say, don't say that you'll hurt people's feelings. Say, you need to learn not to say those things that way. You need to learn to speak in love. You need to speak in love. Uh, Pastor Mike, uh, when you were, what, five, had a situation? Oh,
1: sure. (laughs) Throw me under the bus.
0: Well, I mean, it's a perfect example. It
1: is. It's a good example because... I was a little kid, and I always did what my parents told me, and I I just, I I love God, and, you know, they had told me, God had told me, and my grandmother told me, and my mom and dad had told me, you don't tell lies. I'm like, okay, cool. Don't tell lies. I don't tell lies. So my grandmother uh, um, cooked dinner for us, and she cooked something I didn't like. Well, uh, then she goes and asks me at the dinner table while we're eating it, Michael, what do you think of this? that I've cooked for you. And my mom was like, because oh, she knew what was coming. Because I didn't hold nothing back, no filter, no, nothing. Uh, it's, I'm going to say what's on my mind, and it's going to passion- come out very strongly because I had strong opinions about everything at five years old.
0: As those of you that have been around for a while know Pastor Mike struggles with tact and saying things in love. I still do. So <clears throat> imagine him without, you know, as a five-year-old, There's having no not filter. learned through life.
1: So, so I, I looked at my grandmother straight in the eyes and said, it's the absolute worst thing I've ever tasted in my entire life. <laughs> and my mom kicked me under the table. And I'm like, what? What are you doing? And she, she took me out of the room and took me in the bathroom and spent the next half an hour trying to explain to me why I should lie to my grandmother. I said, but mom, that's not right. I'm not supposed to lie she finally uh, she finally convinced me that okay you're right you don't have to lie you shouldn't lie but you don't have to to you don't have to say things that way you you should use tact which i had no idea what tact was still have trouble with that <laughs> but uh but that that i didn't have to that i could say it in a nice way yeah you know like oh uh, i didn't really care for that or whatever but it it was a long conversation to say, hey, no, you're not supposed to lie, but you also shouldn't be tearing people down.
0: <laughs> right. See, so we teach our children. So, so, from, from, so this is a very hard learning to speak what we actually, to speak truth, is very, very hard. It says, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. We're supposed to be wise. We're supposed to be smart. How much you know, Pastor Mike did not have to say, well, that's the, most, that's, the, that's the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life.
1: In fact, one of the arguments she used on me is, well, you, you, you could have just said nothing. Yeah. And I was like, but she asked me.
0: Yeah. He could have said, well, it's not my taste. Not, not it's hard. I mean, at least that would have been something. But a little five-year-old. But at the same time, why are you going to ask a five-year-old who only knows how to speak?
1: The absolute huh? truth and nothing but the
0: truth. Uh, why, why would you ask him? You would just, just either he's going to eat it, and you'll know he liked it, or he's not going to eat it and he didn't like it. That's all you need to know. Uh, but, you know, we have to we have to be wise in the words that we pick. You know, and somebody will come in with a new shirt or something like that. And, um, oh, gosh. I just thought, thank you, Holy Ghost. So I have a family member. And... uh Mom was talking to this family member and they were talking about, because my other family member had a problem because all people lie. And my mom said, well, I don't lie. And the person she talking to said, oh, that's not possible. She said, no, I don't ever tell a lie. I walk in love, I speak in love, but I do not lie. And the other family member said, well, I don't lie much. I mean, and, and, and they gave this example. If my wife asks if, if something she's wearing looks okay, and even if I think it's not the greatest look for her, I'll just tell her it looks fine just to kind of keep the peace. Well, that's a lie. And I'm like, and mom looked, mom looked at the family member and said, why would you do that? She values your opinion, and she's asking you, and you're letting her go out in the world looking bad. All you have to say is, well, that's not your best look. That's not my favorite outfit. That's a nice color, but it's not your color. Something. And at the same time, ladies, when you get married, don't put something on. Look in the mirror. Go, my butt looks big. And then turn to your spouse and go, Does my butt look big? Because they're gonna go. Uh, 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 uh. Why? Because they know they're going to tell you the truth, and you're going to melt down even though you already know the truth. Just So if you do that to them and they are honest, don't belittle them and jump on them and get all over them.
1: I just look at them and go, that's a trap. I'm not answering that.
0: <laughs> he says that one. And I, and I go, okay, that's code for, yep, my butt looks big. Okay, let's see if we can kind of, you know, do something about this here. You know? Right. You gotta be you gotta learn to be wise oh. with your words. You gotta learn to be wise. A coworker comes in with a new shirt and you're and they're all like, Oh, you like my new shirt and you don't like it at all. You can say, Well, it's a very nice shirt. It's not my taste, but it's nice. It's still a compliment. It's a nice shirt. Just because it's not your taste, you know. I get on. I used to get on the youth group about this all the time. We were talking about different foods, and they go, "Oh my God, that food's so gross! It's disgusting! It's the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life!" And the other ones over here practically in tears because they're like, "But I think it's really good." I'm like, "Listen, you can say I don't like it. You don't have to say that it's gross." Just because it's, it's very distasteful to you doesn't mean that it's actually literally gross. Like, come on. Like, be nice. Think about what you're saying. Think about the words. Let's be wise about our words. I want to, go, I want to look at just the very first part of verse 20. It says, the tongue of the just is as choice silver. Your tongue speaking like a just person, a tongue that is under control of the Spirit, a tongue that speaks the way God speaks, is a is a wealth of riches to you. It's to a wealth of riches it. to
1: you. huh? And to those that hear it. And
0: to those that hear it. Yep. Yep. I mean, we can go on and read the rest of the verse. It says, The heart of the wicked is, is little worth. In other words... Somebody that's just evil in their heart, they're always speaking evil, they're always talking evil, they're always doing evil, that's, that's, that's not worth a whole lot. Not saying the person isn't worth something because every person is valuable because God created them. But if that heart is wicked, if everything in your heart is wicked, you know, and against God, um, that's going to lower how people view you. I want to go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. James really talks about this a lot. Talks about the power of the tongue and words creating. So if you go to the back of the book and just kind of back up a few books, you'll get to James. James chapter 3, verse 1.
1: Oh, 1. Okay.
0: James chapter 3, verse 1.
1: My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and also, or, and able also to bridle the whole body.
0: Hey, verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. So many people try to master being a person of the world and being a child of God, and you can't do both. You're going to bring condemnation on yourself. Learn to either follow God and be a disciple of Jesus or be in the world. You cannot do both. You cannot do both. I'm hoping the Lord will release me to do a teaching on what a disciple is here in the next couple of weeks because I learned something incredibly cool about what a disciple is. Hold on just one question. Just write it down so you don't forget it for me. A really cool thing that I learned about a disciple in the Jewish community, and I'm just going to give this little insert, uh, is that when there most Jewish children don't get much of an education at least in Jesus's day uh, basically most of them were done with their education by the age of 10 and then the ones that went on beyond that uh, they would study uh, the scriptures and begin to interpret them or begin to understand them and begin to apply them to their life and and many more students would would kind of drop out through that stage. And then about the age of 13, uh, the proven students would actually have to go to a rabbi, which was a person of 30 years old that had proven themselves to be an educated man. Uh, they would go to a rabbi, and they would ask that rabbi, rabbi means teacher, ra- they'd go to the rabbi, and they'd ask the rabbi, uh, Rabbi, may I be your disciple, your follower, your follower? Be your student. That's what disciple means: is to be your student. And this happens at about the age of thirteen. The rabbi would kind of ask them some questions and kind of interview them a little bit. And if the rabbi thought that this student had enough um, ability, their own human ability, to become a rabbi themselves, in other words, they if they if this, if this teacher perceived that this 13 year old had enough ability to someday become a teacher themselves, this rabbi would speak a a very specific word in the Hebrew language that meant follow me and be my disciple. If that 13 year old got those words spoken to them, that 13 year old then left their family They were no longer with their family. They now actually lived with that rabbi, and they went everywhere that rabbi went, and they began to talk exactly like that rabbi talked. They learned the lessons that that rabbi taught. They followed that rabbi so much that they actually picked up that rabbi's mannerisms. They even began to follow them by their mannerisms. They often would do kind of the same hand motions, the same. They'd go through, uh, and that's what it means to be a disciple, is you, you find your teacher, and you follow them to the point that you become a literal picture of them in life. That's literally what it means. And everything about their life would change. Well, if you got the honor to be a disciple, your family actually gained status amongst the Jews. So this was a big deal because not many became disciples. So that when he says here, My brethren, be not be not many masters, he's saying, You can't you can't master follow follow multiple rabbis, so to speak, and become master of all of them. You can only follow one. You can only follow Jesus. And then he said Uh, Because if you try to follow many, you're going to fail, and it's going to bring you to a place of condemnation. You cannot, and there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is the Holy Ghost. Conviction says, come on, honey, you can do better. Come on, you hit a bump in the road, you had a rough day, repent, you know, make the adjustment, make the switch. Come on, you can do better condemnation says, you sorry, no good, nobody, you're headed to hell, and that's the way it's going to be.
1: Yep. You've missed it, and you might as well quit now. Yeah. Because you're never going to make it up. Yeah. But,
0: and uh, condemnation what, never comes from on, God.
1: And what Robbie was talking about, what, what Robbie was talking about there at the beginning, uh, that the, ki- the children in the, in the Old Testament, they would learn until they were 10 years old, right? What Do you know what they were learning, though? This is what amazed me. They were learning the scriptures. Yeah. They were memorizing and learning all the scriptures
0: for the first five books of the Torah that they're
1: ever going to know for their entire lives. By the time they were ten, Yeah. And then at ten, if they had showed promise, then they then they'd start then from ten to thirteen. They would learn to start interpreting those scriptures yeah. and and understanding them and drawing. So so when Jesus at twelve was speaking in the. Uh, uh,
0: Speaking in the, in the
1: synagogues and the temples and, and, and interpreting, that was the right age for that. Yeah. That was, I mean, yeah. that was that, the age. That's why, that's why now they were, they were much amazed about it. that he was already speaking as well as a seasoned rabbi yeah. at that age.
0: But at the same time, it but was, the, same it same unusual time, time it was the right it.
1: age for him to be learning, be speaking that kind of stuff and learning that kind of stuff. So, you know, when we, when we wait. Until our children, our teenagers, to start teaching them the things of God, we're doing them a disservice. Very majorly so. Because by the time they're that age, they've already formed their opinions of the world, and they're not likely to come back. That's
0: right. It's and hard
1: they're to they're not, get not them likely back. to change.
0: It's hard to so
1: get we them So we should be instilling You know, these people that say, oh, I'm going to wait till you know, I, I was forced to, to go to church all the days of my life, and, and I hated it, and, and, but then I came to love God, and I'm not going to do that to my kid.
0: Yeah.
1: You, you have to teach them early, and, you, yeah. and, you have to, and you're accountable for teaching them that. Good if job. you don't do it, they're, they're, they're in for a hard road. Our
0: nation is a product of and, that. And
1: you can just look around at what's going on in the nation, and you can see that many people went that road.
0: Verse 2, he said, For in many things we offend all. How much do you know it's super easy to offend people? It's super easy to offend. In fact, until you learn how to walk by the Spirit, it's ridiculously easy to be offended. What, it, what does it mean to be offended? It means to be hurt, to have a hurt feeling, to have a hurt emotion, to be striked down, to cause to stumble, to cause somebody to stumble. That means you're causing them an offense. How much do you know? In, in fact, Jesus said, listen, offense is going to come. He said, it's going to come. You can't help but be offended. Offense is going to come your way. Why? Because this world is trying to get you to stumble. He said, but look at this. He said, in, he said, in many things, we are offended all. All of us get offended. I'm telling you what. <laughs> one, of our fav- one, of the, one of the favorite restaurants for our young adults, we went down right over by the restaurant, and they had this gigantic, I mean, it wasn't even October yet. It wasn't even October yet, and it had this skeleton that was like eight or nine foot tall right there in front of their sign, and I was like, well, we ain't even there no more, you know, at least for a season, because they're just just promoting, you know, and listen, you can't, here's the deal, you cannot protest every Satan-supporting business, you won't have anything, You know, but you can at least be wise. And if you have a choice between the ones that are for God and the ones that are for Satan, pick the God ones. You know, come on. Um, But, but, you know, I kind of got a little offended. I was like, seriously, we're just not even going to pretend that we're just we're just going to put our devils out there. Last time I checked, you know, when we were kids, y'all don't have this, but when we were kids, a skeleton, a skull, a crossbones meant death. It didn't mean life. It meant death. And... uh you know, so there's just things that are going to offend you. There's just things that you're just going to have to... But here's the deal. I also prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They sit in darkness. Father, bring some, send labors to their path. Cause them to come to know great light. I also prayed for them. Just because I said I'm not supporting that, doesn't mean I didn't pray for them. Because I do pray for them. He said, if any man be offended, not in word. In other words... If you can get to the point that people's words do not offend you, the same is a perfect or a mature man. The perfect and mature man. You know, we've got an entire generation that are so offended by words that they're out there producing laws that say, if you microaggression me, If you say a word that causes me to have a little anxiety over what you spoke to me, I have every right to sue you for every dime you have. What? What? Well, where did that come from? No. No, no, no. I have a responsibility just because you look at me and go, I hate you. I have a responsibility. It's my responsibility what I do with those words. Do I just throw those words aside and just say, well, they're just being emotional, they'll get over it? And if they don't get over it, my life is still the same? Or am I going to take it in and receive it and go, oh, I'm just such a miserable person, I'm a horrible person, there's no... No, 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 no. He said, he said you've got to learn to not be offended in word. He said, if you can do this, then you are all, then able also to bridle the whole body. If you can take the words that people speak to you and learn to handle them appropriately and not get offended over the words they speak to you, then you have the ability to control this whole house. This whole house. So, Pastor, I'm new to the whole God thing. Where do I start? Uh huh. Uh huh.
1: Learn to control your own tongue.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, every once in a while it do you good to reach up, grab that thing, you know, and kinda of pin not don't pin, don't hurt yourself. But every once in a while go, uh eh? huh? Oh, 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 oh. You are my problem. Like kinda of pull it out, look at it and go, You are my problem. Oh, 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 oh. Like be- why? Because your tongue is your problem. Your tongue is your problem. Now,
1: now many of you all are saying, But I can't control my tongue. Well Who's as the- you as you know. We were youth ministers for many years before we became pastors. And all we ever heard from the kids was, well, I can't help it. Can't. Well, yes, you can. I can't help it. You can help it. Uh, I can't do and
0: it. And if,
1: if you don't think so, try this. Whenever you offend somebody or say something inappropriate or it's a lie or whatever, go to that person immediately as soon as you realize you've messed up and apologize to them. And then when they say, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it, say, no, no, you don't understand. I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to live like that. I'm not supposed to set that example. And I'm supposed, and I've lost my witness and and I need to apologize to you. And, and they'll, no, it's okay. It's all right. No, it's not really. You don't understand. You do that a couple of times. Your flesh will learn real fast how to control itself. Why? Because Because you're disciplining it. You're crucifying that flesh. That that is the definition of crucifying the flesh. When you force it to do what's right, even though it doesn't want to, it will learn real fast to do what's right.
0: Here's the deal. How are you disciplining your flesh?
1: Uh Huh?
0: What did he do? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have acted that way. I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have cussed at you. I lost my witness. That is not how I'm supposed to talk. I'm sorry. What are you using to do that?
1: Your tongue.
0: Your tongue. tongue. And your tongue will learn real fast that it doesn't like to say those words. It will learn real fast, I don't like to say, I'm sorry. In fact, I would rather say the right thing rather than have to say, I'm sorry. And real fast, your tongue will get in control. How do you, how do you, how do you control a horse?
1: With reins and the bridle.
0: You can put reins on it all day long, ain't gonna do nothing. You put that bridle, you put that bit bit in its mouth, mouth, on that tongue, and all of a sudden, this 1500, 2000 pound animal, all of a sudden, you can control that thing. You can control that thing. You know, we have, the, we have the little dogs, and every once in a while, they get in this real licky mode. And they're like lick, 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 lick. And I'm like, stop. And they're like, no, lick, lick, lick. I'm like, stop. And they're like, lick, lick. And I'm like, I'm going to grab it. And they're like, lick, lick. And I reach down, and I grab that tongue, and I hold on to it. And they're like, oh, wah, 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 wah. I'm let go. And guess what? They don't lick no more. What happened? I got control of the tongue. Got can literally got control of the tongue. Literally. Literally. You know what? Every once in a while it do you some good when you're running off at the mouth and cussing somebody out. For it do you some good just to all of a sudden reach up and grab that thing. <clears throat> they might look at you weird and then you'll have to say, I'm sorry, I am this thing is controlling me and we ain't having that. I am a Christian, and I got to get a hold of this thing. Do you, what's the strongest muscle in the body? Is it really? It is. The tongue. Why? Because you use it all day long. You use it to talk. You use it to eat. You use it for everything. Have you ever had a tooth get like a little piece of food stuck in it or a chip or something? What does that tongue do? That tongue is going 100 miles a minute trying to get that thing under control. Why? Because the tongue likes to set the atmosphere. Wow, that's straight off the press. The tongue wants to set the atmosphere. Who needs to set the atmosphere? The spirit. You do. Your spirit does. All right. So let's read little more because James has got a lot to say on this subject.
1: Uh-huh. So we go Verse to 3. Verse 3. Okay. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth. Wow, look at that. It's right there. That they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. So in order to control a horse, you put put the bit in, and you can turn him wherever you want him to go.
0: So what is the bit for us? What's the bit? The
1: The Word of God.
0: But the Word of God. What does it say in Joshua chapter 1, verse 10? Meditate day and night. That word meditate means to speak, to mutter, to roll over out of the mouth repeatedly just hold our spot right here let's go look at Joshua (laughs) one just hold your spot we're coming right back
1: there
0: it is right after Deuteronomy Joshua chapter one I verse eight not verse ten sorry verse eight
1: verse eight this Book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth.
0: In other words, you should never stop allowing the word of God to come out of your mouth. You need to constantly say and constantly declare the word
1: but out thou, of your mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein.
0: How are you going to learn to observe and to do what the word says? You're going to speak the word out of your mouth repeatedly. You mean I need to be like a parrot? To some degree, yes. So you guys know we have parrots. We have the ones that talk. We have the African greys, the cockatoos, the macaw, what have you. Um, and, and, you know, and most people say, oh, all a parrot does is mimic. There is a truth to that, that they, only, that they do mimic. The African greys are the best talkers. They can, uh, they, can, they can not only speak, but they can actually sound exactly like the person or the thing that they're trying to imitate, and they can even throw their voice. So the bird can be over here, and they can make it sound like they're talking to you from over here. Uh, do we ever get fooled by them? Sometimes.
1: Not much lately, but... <laughs>
0: Sometimes. There are times that we're like, are you calling me? And they're like, no, it's the bird. Oh, okay. Uh, but here's the thing about birds. They can learn that what they can learn what they're saying, what it means.
1: They For can ex- learn to associate the word with the action with the or action the, or the subject.
0: For example, when we get up, when uh, if if a dog or something comes near them, or you go to do something they don't want you to do, they'll go no. Uh,
1: very they sternly. They know very
0: sternly no. They know no is no. You'll get up, Michael will say, come on, let's go, and the the birds will say, let's go potty boys. (laughs) They know. Let's go potty boys, come on. They know. They learn. Uh, So so to some degree, there is a truth that by just speaking the word over and over and over, that you will uh, learn through association. There is a truth to that. But the reason that God says to meditate day and night, to put the word in your mouth, is because it acts like a bit of a horse. It bridles your tongue. It controls the tongues, how the tongue responds. It, it helps to control you. It helps to control how you respond to situations.
1: And it, and it, go- and it helps
0: to build faith.
1: And it goes on, it says, So day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Why? Because you're speaking the word of God out of your mouth. You're speaking good things. Your, your words are powerful. You're going to create your, your, your environment, for yourself at least, that you, your way will be prosperous, and you will have good success.
0: If I quote this scripture, everything I have set my hand to prospers.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I have no faith in it, no belief in it. It's just something I saw in the Bible. The first time I say it, let me tell you what's gonna happen.
1: Nothing.
0: Absolutely nothing. A- the second time I say it, absolutely nothing.
1: And if-
0: the twentieth time I say it, absolutely nothing. Somewhere around two hundred times, I begin to begin I began to build faith in those words. And at some point, I'll speak those words from a position of faith because I'm saying them so much that I'm beginning to think on them.
1: And this is why the Jews, when they're young, until they're 10 years old, they're just learning the scriptures. They're not right. learning to interpret. They're not preaching. They're just, they're just memorizing the scriptures so that they get them in and they know them. And, and then once they get them in and they know them, then they can start interpreting. Then right. they start understanding and once they start interpreting and understanding it, becomes a part of them. Right. And, it, and it becomes powerful to them.
0: Let's go back to James chapter uh, 3, verse 4. We talked about the bit, the horse is bridle. You're in Joshua. Oh, We've well, we go got to go back to James.
1: I was thinking
0: James chapter 3, verse 4.
1: All right, verse 4. All right. Behold also the ships, which, thou, th- which though they be so great... And are driven of fierce winds; yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth.
0: How much you know? If you're, a, if you ever been on a boat, sitting in the driver's seat of the boat, you got that little steering wheel up there, and you you turn it, and where you're sitting, nothing's happening. But how much you know? At the back of the boat, under the water, there's a little prop. There's some little propellers, and they're responding to what's happening in the unseen ro- world. And slowly it begins to take action in the scene world. It's the same thing with our words. It's the same thing with our words. Now, here's the deal. Uh, a little jumbo, you can turn with a little motor. How much do you know these big cruise ships, it takes a lot more to turn them. You know what? We live in a, we live in a lost and a dying world. And we've spoken a lot of words through the years When you first start confessing the word, the devil's going to say, well, why why are you going to keep confessing? Why are you still confessing? Ain't nothing happening. Well, it's because you're trying to turn that big ship. You're not trying to turn a little ship. You're trying to turn a big ship. I know when we were praying for the nation back, you know, prior to this prior election, we were praying, and the Lord showed, in the spirit, the Lord showed me the Titanic. And, uh. When we were kids we had a little John boat and we had a little motor on it called an Evanrude. Have you ever watched uh, Disney's The Rescuers, the movie with the mouse? You know, it had the little dragonfly, his name was Evanrude. You know, and Evanrude could get the leaf boat to go. Uh, so this, so the engines are real little. So this is what the Lord showed me. He said he said, You're trying to turn the nation of America like the, like it's the Titanic with Little Evan Road Motors. He said that's going to take a lot of time and energy and effort. How much do you know? You're not going to turn the tide of your life with a few confessions. You're going to have to spend some time. You're going to have to you're going to have to get your motor running and keep it running for a season and slowly the tide of your life will begin to change. Amen. Slowly the tide will begin to change. It's just going to take some time.
1: Alright, verse five. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth.
0: Alright. So here he says, right here, he says, the tongue's just a little part of us. How does you know? That is little. It's little. Our hand is bigger than our tongue. Think about it. Look at your hand and try to fit that in your mouth. Not literally. But if you tried to put your hand in your mouth, how much do you know? You'd find out real quick. Your hand is bigger. How much do you know? Your feet are bigger than your tongue, than your mouth. I remember when uh, I had a tooth that had to be removed and, and, and the gap was like, you know, my mouth felt huge. But I looked at the little tooth and I was like. Uh, tuck, that thing's, you know, pretty tiny, cap thing. And I said, That thing is tiny. He said, Yeah, he said, You've got small teeth. And I thought, Well, dang. Uh, my tongue, in comparison to my teeth, there's not a huge size difference, so to speak. You know, your tongue is not huge, it's really not. But the effects are tremendous. The effects, look at what it says. And how much you know, the the tongue boasts a whole bunch of great things. Have you ever boasted, oh, I'm going to go get this job and I'm going to be rolling in the money. And before you know it, the money don't go as far as you thought it was going to go. Oh, we're going to go do this great thing and we're going to do this thing. And man, it's going to have an impact on the community and boasting big things. Right? But notice what he says. He says, it boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little... A uh, fire kindleth. Pastor Mike's a wildland firefighter. Ask him what has started some of the biggest fires he's ever been on. The one was right over here on River Road. Remember that one? Right. The one that was right over here on River Road. He was. He was. One of the guys he worked with was sitting at the light at the River Road before they changed it, and uh, the car, and I guess in front of them or behind him or somewhere. He saw one of the people in the car flick their cigarette out onto the side of the road, and it was dry. They're right there on the river road. You literally come off that light, come to the light of McDonald's, turn the corner, turn right there, you go around the bend, you're at the Forest Service. By the time he got it called in, and he started calling in immediately, by the time he got it called in, got back to the Forest Service... And they got there, that fire was already at the top and already took out a house or was getting ready to take out a house? Two houses. Two houses. How much do you know? It only takes a tiny little spark to start a fire. One of the biggest challenges that we had to deal with, especially in youth ministry, is gossip. A little gossip. Well, This is what happened, but so-and-so went over here and said that this is what happened. And before you know it, the whole youth group, parents, and everybody are in a tizzy. How much do you know? Have you ever been in the workforce and somebody whispered, I don't know. I heard the boss say the word layoffs, and before you know it, the whole entire plant—oh my God—we're all being laid off. And he's probably talking to Aunt Sue six states away, whose husband uh, might have gotten, might be looking at a layoff. But now the whole plant's in a in tizzy a because the because the boss because they overheard the boss utter the word layoff. Come on, this 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 thing in our mouth has a lot of power.
1: All right, so behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity.
0: In your mouth is a world of sin.
1: How much do you know
0: worry is a sin? How do you you know when you're in worry? Oh, I'm so concerned. Oh, this bad thing happened, and what if this happens, and what if that happens? What are you doing? You're worrying, and you just sinned. You get to talking about oh I heard the boss say layoff, now you're gossiping. Sin. Oh, I can't wait till Friday. I've already got my plans, I'm gonna go pay my basic bills, and then we're gonna go to blow the rest of the paycheck on the booze. Fire. Sin. How much do you know you've already set it into you've already set it into motion. That person just offended me. How dare they correct me? How dare them tell me how I'm supposed to come to church? How dare them tell me that I need to wash my hair and brush my teeth and actually put on some clothes? How dare they tell me that I can't go out in public in the pajamas? And, uh, come on, how many times I get on y'all about wearing your pajamas? Come on. Come on. Come on. They're called pajamas for a reason, people. They're PJs. They're for sleeping. They're not for public wear. Don't get me started on PJs. Oof. I have made teenagers. We're going on a road trip. They show up in their PJs. I say, get out your bag, get out your clothes, and change. We ain't going in public looking like that. But, Pastor, all I'm going to do is sleep. I don't care. You, We ain't leaving till you change your clothes. Come on. How'd y'all get me over there? Yeah. How'd y'all get me over there? Come on. Offended. Cause the tongue is a fire.
1: Yep. People tongue, get corrected. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Listen. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body.
0: There you go. Defileth the whole you body. Know, the
1: Bible says that, that, the, that what we eat, and put in our body is, is not, does, isn't what defiles our body. It's what comes out of our mouth. And, and when it says that, it's talking about the words that come out of our mouth.
0: How, that's, where, that's where the Lord was taking me. How dare you correct me? Listen, you better learn to like correction. You better learn to like it. You want to know why you need to learn to like correction? Because when somebody corrects you, it's because they love you. Do you hear me? Write that down. That's important. When somebody corrects you. It's because they love you. Here was the other thing that I used to get on the youth for all the time. You are here with people. Put them ear pods away. Get them headphones out of your way. Because they tried this. Put on the hoodie. Sink down real low. Put this ear in and put your head on the pillow. And they won't know. No, we know. No, we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're here because these people want to have a relationship with you, and you don't need to cut out on them. No, learn to like correction. The tongue speaking correction is a tongue that loves. That's a good word, Holy and, Ghost.
1: And, you know, the the Bible says that, that God corrects those whom he loves. So you might think, well, that's kind of odd. You know, I don't like being corrected, you know. You know, as a child, we don't like being corrected at all. That's why we go, ah, you know. But here's the deal. If I if I saw you playing on a bridge and you were jumping off the bridge and I knew there was rocks down there and I knew that there was stumps down there and I knew that if you continued to jump like that, eventually you're going to hit one of those rocks and kill yourself. Do I care about you if I let you just keep on doing it? No. No. No.
0: No.
1: I care about you because I stop you from doing something that you don't know is going to hurt you. And that's the way our parents are. They tell us, don't touch the hot stove. Of course, we still try to touch the hot stove because we're not sure that it's really hot. Is mom really know what she's talking about? I don't know. Let me try it. You know. How hot is it? Is
0: it really hot?
1: You know, I've touched some hot things before, you know. Maybe I could do this. Anyways, the idea is don't get upset because people are correcting you, because they're doing it because they care. If they didn't care, they'd let you jump off the bridge. Yep. If they didn't care, they'd let you waste all your money on something. If they didn't care, they'd let you ruin your relationship with your friends. You yeah. know, or they'd let you uh, go out dressed like a hooker, uh, or whatever. You know, they would just let you because that was they wouldn't one. care. You know?
0: in, in the youth ministry, believe it or not. I had I had uh, I had pants and shirts in my office as a youth minister because our youth because they listened to the world thought well the more skin I show the more valuable I am so they'd come in and I'd have to take them in the office the girls in the office Pastor Mike deal with the boys
1: the boys were showing skin wow. They weren't wearing belts.
0: (laughs) They were keeping keeping their pant waist around their butt cheeks. But in either case, I'd have to take the girls in and I'd have to tell them, listen, you're beautiful, you're wonderfully made, you're a precious treasure. Uh, These guys around here, um, they are uh, stimulated by what you're showing them, and that's a problem. I'm going to need you to pick a shirt and uh, cover up uh, if anybody says anything to you, you can just say, well, I was cold. You know, you don't have to just say, I was cold, because I'm sure you are, honestly. Uh, you know, or, you know, you need to put on some pants. You know, we had drapes because the girls sit down. You know, you know, your shorts might cover your curves when you're standing, but when you're sitting, your curves are showing. That's why we have these cover-ups, because we just have to say, just you put that on your lap for me. You know,
1: uh, yeah, because it's hard to preach when you're doing this, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm reading the word, anyways. (laughs) Uh,
0: you know, how'd y'all get us over here talking about correction? Talking about correction, why, how does correction come? Correction comes out of the mouth, and correction comes from love, but we also have to correct our thinking, and we have to correct our speaking and we have to correct these things. I want you to write as we close this out, I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. What you think, write this down, what you think. is what you say. Just 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 write out what you think. And then the next statement is this. Um is what you say. What you think is what you say. What you say is what you believe.
1: And the Bible okay. addresses this. It says, out of, out of the heart, the, mouth, the, the, the words of the, the mouth flow. The, right, the mouth I speaketh. don't remember the exact words. Out but of the heart, the, the mouth
0: speaketh. What you think is what you say. What you say is what you believe. You can pinpoint people simply by listening to the words of their mouth. If they're talking doubt and unbelief, it's because they're full of doubt and unbelief. If they're talking failure, if they're talking down about themselves, if they're tearing themselves down, it's because they think low of themselves. Now, the next thing I want you to write down, to change what you believe. Yes. To change what you believe. Because we always want to give you help. How do I change? Pastor, I see that what I believe, I see that what I say is wrong, but how do I change it? This is how you change it. What you say is what you think. What you think is what you will believe. Let me say that again. To change what you believe, what you say is what you think, and what you think is what you will believe. In other words, as you begin to speak the word, in order to speak, you have to think it first. Yep, I'll say, I'll say the whole thing one more time. Nope, you're okay. From beginning to end. What you think is what you say, what you say is what you believe. To change what you believe what you say is what you think and what you think is what you will
1: believe. See, this is this and, and what she's saying here is, is a theme in, in the Bible because you know the Bible tells us that when we pray we're supposed to pray out loud. And when we pray, we stand believing, and right. then we'll receive. Well, if what we say is what we think, and what we think is what we believe, then by saying our prayers out loud, we're leading to the belief.
0: Right. That's right. So, well, well how, and this is where some people get caught up, but I'm supposed to believe what I say. But you've got to get yourself to the believing point. So, most people believe what has been said to them or what they have said over themselves for years. So you have to change it.
1: you got to steer that titanic.
0: you got to to begin to change it. So how you begin to change it is you begin to say what God says. You say what God says. That's where the meditating comes in. By default, if you're speaking it, you will automatically be thinking it. Because you can't say anything without thinking it first. So create the habit of saying, and that's automatically going to begin to change your thinking. And as your thinking changes, then your believing will begin to change. That's how confession works. It's not you just being a parrot. It's that you are actively working to change your believing by speaking, does that make sense? So that's what we have to do. We have to begin to change. So if you want change in your life, if you want to create your tomorrows, begin to speak what the Lord speaks.
1: You, you know, if, it, the Titanic. If if they'd have just had a li- if they'd have seen that iceberg just a little bit sooner, they yeah. could have turned away. Yeah. See, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to teach you to look ahead and to, and to start turning to now instead right. of waiting until you're shipwrecked cuz once you're shipwrecked it's harder to turn the ship you can't turn the ship it's stuck yeah you
0: got to repair it and then you can turn
1: it right. so the idea is is you you start to change your words now Where, wherever you're at in life wherever you're at yeah. you start to change your words now and as, as and you and you say the words that What God says about you. That's our in hymns. That's why we have an in hymn scripture in in our our bulletin every week. What God says about us is what we should say about us. We should repeat that constantly through the day. Because God says good things about you, believe it or not. He says a lot of good things about you. And he promises a lot of good things. And if you speak those things, you're starting to turn that Titanic. You're starting to turn away from that iceberg. And, And... if you do that, if you, if you look ahead, you keep your eyes on God, you keep your eyes looking forward, and you, and you keep your words on God, you'll, you'll steer through those icebergs, and you'll make it through the other side.
0: Yeah, glory to God. Um, just, just so you know, uh, I won't be here for healing school tonight. Pastor Mike's going to do healing school tonight. I'm going to take Jackie over to Charlotte, and she's going to take her practical so that she'll be fully licensed. So I'm going to take her to go do that, um, but yep. Yeah, so she she will. She's done the work. She knows how to depend on the Holy Ghost. She'll pass with flying colors. She'll get an A. Um, and uh, but we just have to go through the process. So I'm going to help take her and do that. So he'll be here for healing school, and then we'll be home uh, tomorrow evening, probably kind of later in the day. And then the rest of the week, uh, I'm going to be in here painting the bathroom ceilings and getting our new fixtures up. James has kind of already started on it, Pastor Mike. We've got new Quiet, hopefully fans and lights where and we the can actually see. more powerful fans
1: and brighter lights.
0: So we'll be actually able to see in and the bathroom. we got
1: light bulbs for all in here, so they'll all be the same yep. color instead of different so colors. So that's coming.
0: And, and then the next thing that we're going to start working on, in fact, we're going to go look at it sometime this week, is we're going to get our prayer, our the prayer rail, actually put in. Um, so that's coming. It's going to go from about where the window is up, and it's going to come across. So probably about in this region, and it will do the same thing on that and we'll side. Start over here. And so we'll still right have an open spot, but you'll actually have an actual prayer rail that you can come in and pray at. Um, so that's, that's the next thing on the agenda to get done. Uh, the insert in the, in the bulletin, I know Pastor Mike talked about it a little bit, Uh, Brother Randy, when he ministers most of the time, he ministers by the unction of the Holy Ghost. It's a rare thing if he writes things down ahead of time. It's a very rare thing. Um, And there were a few points that he actually had written down in prayer time that the Lord said, I want you ahead of time, the Lord said, I want you to to make these points. Um, And so the insert is actually... um, a transcription of that segment of the service. So when you read it, you have to read it like you're listening to him talk uh, because it's an actual transcription. They actually took that snippet out of the sermon and ran it through a transcription software, um, and and so we could get that direct. But one thing that I did want to point out is, you know, several weeks ago um, we started prayer on Friday nights, and we said "What this is what the Lord wanted us to do is we were going to come in on Friday nights and we were simply going to pray. Yes, we knew that we'd be dealing with the nation. We knew that we'd be dealing with the church. But specifically our purpose was we were going to spend much time praying in the Holy Ghost and praying out what God wanted us to pray. And in the middle of this, about the fourth paragraph down, this is what Brother Randy said. He said, this is one thing that the Lord said to me. Are you ready for this? The greatest need of the church today, the greatest need is not a spectacular meeting, but a prayer meeting that is focused on what the Lord Jesus wants them to pray about. So this is why we go to these meetings is because a lot of times we get confirmation that we're on the right path. A lot of times what he's all, what he's preaching, we have already been preaching or we have already implemented. So it's just confirmation. But there's some really good stuff in here. Uh, there is a bigger shake. You know, we think that with this whole Israel thing, um, and, you know, the mass shooting in Maine. Just so you know, the mass shooting that took place in Maine is the 32nd mass shooting in the United States this year. Let me tell you what qualifies as a mass shooting. If the same person kills...
1: Or a group of persons.
0: Or person or persons kills uh, four people within a 24-hour period with a gun, that's considered a mass shooting. That's, that's what a mass shooting is considered. Uh, in this particular situation, I believe it was 18 dead and 13 injured, something along those lines. And, of course, we know um, that, that it's the devil behind
1: it. In fact, we know the, it's the devil,
0: yeah,
1: In fact, demonic. the last thing I heard is they were expecting the death toll to go up.
0: Okay. And, and, and apparently, uh, the, apparently this, the, it was reported that this man said that he was before this occurred, there were reports that he said that he was actually hearing voices. We know that, that what that is. We know that's demonic spirits. We know that that's what that is. Um, so between Israel, between you know uh, Syria, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, America has uh, dropped some bombs and done some things to Syria because Syria was actually attacking military forces and bases with drones.
1: U.S. military. U.S.
0: military bases. bases with drones. Uh, so we are we are very much so on the verge of war. Um, and there's some definite shaking going on. According to what I'm picking up in my spirit, according to Brother Randy confirming these things, a bigger shaking is still yet to come. But if we're prayed up in the Holy Ghost, we're going to be all right.
1: So spend a lot
0: of time praying in the Holy Ghost. Don't take these things lightly. Um, And then we'll be back here Wednesday night. We'll jump right back into Galatians. We will finish Chapter 3 by faith. We will finish it by faith. Uh, and move on to chapter 4, I, I pray and hope and believe. Um, and uh, we'll be go on from there, and then Friday night we'll uh, be back for prayer and so on. Um, Saturday, our shopping trip. Oh, my goodness, Saturday. As ladies are going shopping, it's going to be good. I was talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, I ain't got much to get, just some shoes and a couple other little things. And I said, but, Lord, you've got a great surprise for me somewhere. I thank you for it. all right so let's uh ties and offerings if our ushers will come thank you again so much for all the birthday gifts and loves and messages and the flowers you know roses yellow roses are one of my favorite are my favorites and uh, i appreciate it so much thank you so much for the pastor appreciation gifts we we love you guys so so much thank you thank you thank
1: you so so here's the pastor appreciation gifts.
0: yeah what's it say
1: it says be careful or you will end up in my sermon.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Guarantee it. 100%. 100%. Glory to God. I want you to bless the people and bless the offering. All
1: right. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you for teaching us and guiding us and leading us. Closer to you, Lord, and drawing us closer to you, Lord, we seek you only, and we seek you first, and we seek you daily and we, and we seek you day and night, Lord, we meditate on your word and we, and we and we draw everything we can out of it so that we can change our thinking so that we can change the direction of our lives Lord and 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 put our lives on the same course that you would have us on, Lord, we just love you, and we thank you for your many blessings, and we thank you for your word and Lord we we, we We Lord we we know that your word says that 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 what we bind on earth is is bound in heaven and what 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 we bind in heaven is bound on earth so Satan we bind you in the name of Jesus you cannot come to steal kill and destroy you will not take our things you will not you will not take our health you will not take our finances you will not take this word that is sowed in our hearts and sowed on good ground and will grow and bear fruit in our lives. You must leave in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, you, Lord. we, we, do, we want to you, see Father. your work done on earth as it is in heaven. So we give thank unto your God. kingdom. We give generously with a grateful heart. And we give unto your kingdom, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And we just ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we could ever ask hope or thank towards the doing of your work. Lord, and we know that you will bless us so that we can become a bigger blessing. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for this Week, thank you, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for being in our lives and guiding us. In Jesus, thank name.
0: you, Father. Thank you, Father. Sunday, Monday is Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Sedeke eso Sunday mas is Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Sunday mashiki Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So Rande Nande Namashiki. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Unande Mashiki is de a masu. Masiki is a man nande nande mamashiki. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Father. So nande mashiki sede. As you hear and you heed and you respond to the preaching of my word and the correction by my spirit, I will begin to shift and move things into place for you. For it is my plan to make you a blessing. In fact, as you respond to my word, I will command my blessing to you. Unande nande sandande nanande mashateki'i. So let not your heart be offended when, when the word brings harsh correction, when my spirit brings correction. Be not offended in your heart, but instead stand up and declare, I receive that correction. I receive that love. I receive that guidance. Father, I'm not going to quit, but I'm going to move on. I'm going to go into the deep places with you. And, Father, I'll give you the glory, and I'll give you the honor. And as I do, your blessings will abound to me. And, Father, I'll give you joy, and I'll rejoice, for I know that I am in your hand. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we do respond ...to your fullness of your word. Father, we do respond to your correction. Father, we do respond to your ordinances. And as we sow seed, Father God, as we sow the tithe, as we sow the offering, as we bind Satan, as we stand in our authority, as we loose the powers and angels of heaven... To Into the earth, Father God, we thank you that your word comes to pass in our life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. You want to get in on it? Just say, Father, I receive it. I receive I it. it. Glory Jesus to God. Thanks. You can serve the people. Yes, I receive it. You know, sometimes correction doesn't feel good. Do you know that? Sometimes correction doesn't feel good. But man, oh man, if you'll grab a hold of it and receive it and run with it, you'll have the blessings of God flow to you. Well, let's go get some